Try some of your dextro protein food. That's really stupid. Tasted all right. Until my throat closed up. Hello and welcome to Elegant with the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and I'm joined today by Dan- Danny Ray- Rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny Rain, Danielle Rain. Either one's just fine. <laughs> yeah, because I'm terrible at, as we've established on this show many times before, I am terrible when it comes to people's last names. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I kind of... I kind of need someone to say their last name so I can, you know, say it right because I've gotten tons of people's names mixed up horribly. <laughs> and that's why no I'm worries. Like, that's most why people like, do call me Danny, but in the credits, I'll always come up as Danielle Rain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never got that. Danny, Danny, Danielle. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing, but again, it's, I, it's, it's, it's just that, you know, nickname thing. And, and luckily for me, I, I like Danny, you know, it's, it's fine by me. And, and, uh, but it, it, sometimes you end up with like, I have friends whose name is, whose name, uh, guy's name is Michael, but don't you call him Mike. Don't you do it. He does not like that at all. I'm a little bit more flexible. <laughs> no, because I'm just reminded of that family guy, a joke where it's like, you know, does anyone, does anyone call you PD? And he's like, no, because I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Like yeah. that's how, that's how I feel about like actors getting credited by their nicknames. Cause it makes it harder to research. Sure. I'm like, wait a minute. Cause it usually says so-and-so as Danny, you know, Danielle mm-hmm. as Danny. And I'm like, yeah, why, why did they credit her under her, her nickname? That's kind of, you know, yeah, that's need- really like I'd call it a set name. Like people call me that on the set. Danny, could you come over here? You know that sort of thing. But uh, I, I don't, I don't think I've been credited as Danny Rain yet. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a nickname? <laughs> no, thankfully. No. <laughs> Got it. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not close enough with anyone to to have a nickname. And everyone I've met is just calls me like by my full name. I mean, it's a, it's a very common first name. I mean, everyone, you know, just calls me by my first name because no one can pronounce my last name. How do you say your last name? Qutbuddin. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it would come up and I'd be like, oh, can we just spell this one out phonetically? Because I will not get it. <laughs> and, and I mean, and sadly, you can't go by Q anymore because of obvious reasons. Yeah, <laughs> that, I won't, yeah. Uh, that I won't get into. Uh, that that yeah. uh, bunch of assholes ruined the letter Q for us. And um... definitely, <laughs> definitely, wow. Yeah, because I used to, you know, I used to just say, I just used to, I used to just say, you know, Abdullah Q, because it's mm-hmm. like okay, it makes it easier on people because a lot of people you know, had trouble pronouncing my last name. And it's like, who is this dude? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why is he, why is he putting his last name on here? Like we're supposed to say it. <laughs> I just yeah. Remember someone yeah. giving me, giving me so much shit about my last name in a, in a Skype call like years ago. And he's like, who's this dude? Like, why'd you invite him? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Now tell me you're, are you in Dubai? Is that where you are? No, Kuwait. Kuwait. Yeah. Kuwait. Yeah. Tell me about Kuwait. I don't know much about it. Never been there. Uh, I mean, it's it it kind of sucks because before the pandemic hit, we had just started to get the convention scene going. Like uh-huh. we, we started to have like a couple conventions here here 
um since 2017 we started like they started becoming a thing and you know mm-hmm. I, I i loved going to those i mean they, yeah sure they were hit and miss because they were very like they're very experimental because they you know it's a new concept and it's something that was never done before in this you know area before and it took them mm-hmm. a while before they got it they got it right and each convention you know obviously is run by different people and you know those different mm-hmm. people have different ideas of what a convention should and shouldn't be and you know some conventions were okay some were great and some were just flat out terrible but you know that's kind of that's kind of that's the way most cons are like some are fantastic and you go to some you're like yeah this was not worth it this is not worth the uh, fight in the crowds yeah yeah but comic con is the one i really miss um last year not being able to go it's just an annual thing that that I've done now for like four years in a row. And it's just, I really miss that. I really miss that. No, because I miss, I miss, um, I mean, I just miss the conventions in general. Cause I met, like, I remember I talked about this like many times before, but, uh, you know, I did meet, uh, Nolan North and Fred Tatish at like a local con back in, you know, 2018. And they, that was just like such a fun experience. And, and like my yeah. big, my biggest regret is like I didn't take full advantage of that. Like knowing what I know now, I should have taken full advantage of that. I should have just spent like everything I did on autographs because I just love you know those those two guys are like some of the nicest people you some of the nicest guys you will ever talk to in the business. Yeah. They are just like ju- just so sweet, so sweet and so humble and so down to earth and so funny. I mean, I just miss that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I bet. But yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely one of the worst things about the pandemic is losing a lot of those events. Um, really going to miss that. I, I don't, they've already postponed this year's comic con. They're talking about something in November, but I don't know if if that's going to go through. I hope it does. I mean, I've heard rumors of people talking about like on Twitch, like that they might go to to a con to to Glasgow in like October, and I'm like, okay, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe, but um, I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, unless like every every guest they announced got vaccinated on time, and you know, there's no mm-hmm. visa issues, then you know, okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what's what what the situation's gonna be because. Because, you know, when it comes to this pandemic, it's it's not like previous pandemics where, you know, people kind of, you know, avoided, <laughs> you know, knew, took precautions. Now, now it's lasted a lot longer because of various yeah. reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really I the numbers are just still I think what have we just reached like three million deaths worldwide globally uh, today, I think is, is what I've read. It's just, oh, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So enough about that. <laughs> uh, the, good, the good thing about the pandemic is actually having time at home and being able to do stuff like this. So how did you decide you wanted to interview me? Where did that come from? Well, I mean, I just ran out of guests to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been that long of a list. Uh, okay. <laughs> No, um, honestly, um, I just like same way I interview everyone. I just look at like behind the voice actors and mm-hmm. and just IMDb and just look at like anything I'm familiar with, and mm-hmm. then just like okay, who did 
I remember this character. Who did the voice of this character? Do they, you know, are they available? Is it possible to talk to them? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a, an amazing process. It's not like, Oh, I know. It's not like I have a, a specific list of people in mind. Well, I mean, I kind of do, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of need to know your place and know your limitations and don't, don't go flying to the sun too quickly because you'll get burnt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, one of the things I was thinking about this morning is, you know, cause I, I've been an actor for a long time and I've, I've done a lot of things that range from, you know, the TV commercials that just pay the bills to the TV shows that, you know, kind of were really fun experiences. Like when I did Hawaii Five O, and I was in Hawaii for 12 days on somebody else's nickel, which is always just an amazing thing to me. Um, but when I did Mass Effect, uh, the it's it's really got such a long range I, I can still like all of a sudden, you know, someone on Twitter will say, hey, I'm doing my fifth playthrough, you know, and this time I'm going to romance Vetra and I'm not going to use the jump jets and stuff like that, that it's it's had such a long range in my life as opposed to, you know, depositing the checks or when the show airs and then you're done. You know, this has been, it's over four years because uh, March 21st was the four-year anniversary of having launched Andromeda. And even though it wasn't the successful Mass Effect video game that, you know, the other ones have been, I've had an incredible experience because of it, just meeting so many people and seeing the art that's inspired by it. And, and the fans have been just incredible, really amazing. Yeah, I mean, because that just goes to show you how how much of a how big of a franchise it is that people still talk to talk about it this day, and like everyone's hype for the for the re-releases coming out like next. Yeah, month. that legendary <laughs> edition is going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Though I'm and I'm not sure how I feel about them like re re um, uh, remaking the entire Mako controls because I'm like. I enjoyed the Mako for being terrible because it was fun. It was just fun trying to 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 get that thing to work and and failing miserably and it's just it was fun because it made it it made the galaxy feel like there was something else to it instead yeah. of just like okay, we're going from one loading screen to the next. Mhm. I did not play the first trilogy, so I am considering getting the legendary edition just to to try it but i jumped right into andromeda so i had to learn how to drive the nomad which you know had its own series of you know idiosyncrasies and and just when you're trying to learn a game and you're not a gamer uh it's it's kind of a real experience but i had a lot of fun with it by the time i got solid on it i i was really enjoying it but you know what do i know i'm just somebody who was like you know, might as well buy my own game and see what this is like. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's funny because I remember watching, you know, um, a playthrough of, of someone talking, talking about, you know, he was joking about um, uh, the, 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 the people in the chat and on Twitch saying that he was terrible at video games. And he, and he <laughs> said, like, yeah, I'm terrible at video games, but have you actually seen footage of people who have never played a video game in their lives play a video game for the first time? 
it's kind of amazing, <laughs> really. Because yeah. they have no idea what they're doing, and it's kind of like, um, how do I walk? <laughs> it's That's totally true. Totally true. I mean, I'm so lucky that I happen to have a son who's a big gamer, and he was really able to coach me through it and help me, you know, figure it out. Um, and I think my proudest moment was when uh, my son said, hey, you're better at these shooting games than dad is now. <laughs> that was that was like the, the, my proudest moment as a mother. You know, being told that I was better than my husband at the shooting part. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, I mean, the combat isn't that hard in Andromeda. I mean, it, it was like it's basic. I mean, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. But then I came up ac- across that architect. You know, it took so many tries for me to get past the architect. But that was just to me incredibly hard. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Just randomly shooting at everything, you know. No, I mean, I think the thing that annoyed me the most about Andromeda in gen, in, you know, in general was the, the, the puzzles. I hated the mm-hmm. puzzles, those puzzles. Yeah, I were... love puzzles. I love puzzles. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I am that person who loves puzzles. I mean, I didn't like them because, I mean, okay, I mean, props for the development team for trying something new, but I'm kind of like, yeah, these are just like really padded out and just like really repetitive. And like once you get like one... You know, once you activate one tower, you've pretty much, like, gotten the gist of it, really. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It, it just, for me, it was a sense of accomplishment because it was, like, one of the few things I could really do easily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's something for everybody. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, because I've just been, like, with the re-release of, you know, the Mass Effect trilogy and seeing as I pretty much interviewed, like, people from the original trilogy it's kind of dumb to even go back to that now because it's like mm-hmm. yeah i already talked about the original trilogy shit <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so um so um i i've just been thinking about like mass effect in general and you know looking back at andromeda and 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 just seeing if the public opinion has changed and it you know it's you know kind of more or less like it went from a game that was heavily hated to a game that does have its fan base and and mm-hmm. and people who do enjoy it i've noticed like there are a lot more re- people on reddit for example i've read a couple of a uh, couple of reddit posts talking about how they actually did like the game and that you know despite its shortcomings it was actually pretty good and you know yada 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 so it's it's always interesting to see um to see people's opinions change on a on a specific game that uh you know, did not have the greatest launch. Was riddled with controversy and uh, mm-hmm. and bugs yeah. and 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 all this other nonsense and uh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's it's kind of interesting because it's you know we have the whole No Man's Sky, you know, debate of if that game can you know bounce back after after a disastrous launch, and then any game can. I mean, it's right. not that simple. I mean, because I think it's. You know, it. I mean, good on the team for good on the No Man's Sky team for actually, you know, bouncing back. But I don't think it's that simple because each each development cycle for each game isn't going to be the exact same. You know, especially when we're talking about AAA games and you know mm-hmm. and their development cycle and and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a uh, it was pretty cool getting to record. Mass Effect, what I loved about it, and I think one of the things that, you know, as an actor, you know, the technical aspects, there's nothing you can do about that. But it was the having scenes 
with other actors and going in and, you know, working off of the dialogue that, say, Frida or Tom had already recorded, working with them, working with, you know, Jal and Drac and and having those scenes with them that, you know, that that's really that was the only thing, you know, you're bringing to to the table is is just your work as an actor. You know, what are you going to bring from the heart? And, uh, and, and that's the part that, you know, when I do get someone who, you know, gives me a shout out on Twitter or, you know, just liked something about, you know, the relationships, uh, that's to me, you know, that, that's, that's the, the part of, of Mass Effect Andromeda I had a hand in and I had a great time on it. And I just really, I just find the fans just completely amazing. They're just really wonderful people who I, some incredibly talented artists who've done some beautiful pieces of art and some funny pieces of art. And, you know, I, I just I really enjoy having been a little piece of uh, the Mass Effect world. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a different game and, you know, just, uh, you know, I understand what they were going for, but I think, you know, it's, God, I don't want to be too negative, but I mean, you know, for me personally, I think that um, it did have its strengths and I kind of wish that they would take some of those strengths for the next, you know, use some of the stuff that they introduced in Andromeda for the next one, because mm -hmm. they are going to make a next one. And I mean, they're pretty much like re-releasing the, the original trilogy so people can get caught up when they get to the next one, <laughs> because that's going to be the, you know, official continuation of, of the series. But I mean, I kind of wish that they, you know, hopefully take some some elements from from Andromeda for the next one because there were some some stuff I liked. I mean, I did like the jetpack, I did like the mm -hmm. combat. I mean, the combat was interesting, like mixing up some of the some of the attacks and and style and play styles. It wasn't just like okay, run and shoot <laughs> like the previous yeah. games. So it yeah. was it was interesting. I mean. And and the, I like I did like the fact that they encouraged you to use your to, to use the environment to your advantage, and I did like the fact that there were a lot more side quests <laughs> compared to the previous Mass Effect games. So, you mm -hmm. know, there's I mean there was there was some good stuff, but it was just hampered by a lot of a lot of stuff I did not like. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think about just like the music and the um, art renderings? You know. Um, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> like it wasn't it, like, didn't blow me away. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it was, I mean, it was nice going, coming back to that universe. I mean, like, that's the only reason, like I, I, I did, I was hyped for it. I'm like, you know, before the whole controversy started, I, there was a part of me that was really hyped for it. Cause it's like, oh my God, they're making another mass effect. And you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I was interested to see where they where they were going to go with the, with this with this incarnation, but um, yeah, you know, it uh, you know, it's it was nice being on a ship again. It was mm -hmm. nice having a crew again. You know, mm -hmm. even if they were totally new characters that um, you know, totally new characters, totally new alien species, and. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, totally new main main character. So, was not yeah. a was not a specter, but apparently, apparently, still had the same job as Shepard, which is just okay. You know, you need to 
Jane eyed everybody so we can fight these new aliens. And it's just like, oh god, like that's my biggest problem with it. It's just, it's just a, it's just a rehash of the first game, the first trilogy, where it's like, ah, oh, you know, we gotta unite everybody to fight against the Reapers, and in this one we gotta unite to unite everybody to fight against the evil angels or whatever the the hell they were called. I forgot what they were called. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, and it was, you know, like, yeah, God, not even the character customization was great. I mean, I think the character customization was the worst thing about it, really. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because, because it's like, yeah, I mean, I did play as like Scott Ryder and, and I tried, I really did try to, to, to have like a decent looking face, but I just ended up with a, like a weird nose and a weird, just a, just a weird nose that I could just not stop looking at it throughout the entire playthrough during, during cutscenes. You know, I tried to do the customization too, but I ended up just going back to the original characters and, and I actually got to work on a movie with, um, Stephen, who was the you know the face and body prototype for for Scott Ryder, um, he was a really great guy. We just happened to work together on a film shortly before uh, Andromeda came out. Uh, but yeah, he's a really good looking guy. You really just don't want to mess around with that. Yeah, I couldn't get a, a guy who looked better than he did, so why would I bother? <laughs> And the women, I thought I had some more fun, though, with the customization. I was able to create some Sarah writers that I really liked. But um, ultimately, I just kept going back to the originals. And mm-hmm. I just I just kind of thought it was kind of weird that they gave you the option to have, like, both characters. And then, you know, regardless of which character you picked, the one you didn't pick ended up in a coma. And it's just like, Really? Yeah, that's how you're gonna explain them not being around for the re- remainder of the story. Okay, that's a <laughs> that's a great uh, great uh, narrative, <laughs> great great yeah. plot point. It's like yeah, we were gonna we're gonna do this whole hubbub about the the, um, the you know the male and female character actually being in the same universe as opposed to you know male and female shepherd who are just you know, separate entities who existed, like, regardless, who didn't exist in the same universe. They were just, like, the player character. Like, no, we're mm-hmm. going to have, like, the, the Ryder twins, and we're going to give them all this backstory and history. And, you know, Clancy Brown is their father and all this stuff. And, you know, what happens for it, uh, with the with the character you don't pick? Oh, they end up in a space coma. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, you know, it would have been nice if, the, you know, the the twin we didn't pick ends up becoming like a crew member, but nope, you know, that would have been yeah. interesting. Yeah. That, that, that would have been a good option. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> would have been more interesting like than, than, than Liam. I did not like Liam. Liam was just ugh, a boring character. <laughs> yeah. I had some fun with the scenes, you know, where we're trekking across in the Nomad and we were kind of like fighting with each other. I remember I had a, a good time with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the reason I hated him the most is like, you know, the only way to unlock his loyalty mission was to do like various like side missions first and then you could unlock his loyalty mission. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have the time for this or the patience yeah. to do this. And it's for a loyalty mission for a character I do not like. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> I remember one of the hardest things to record was that whole thing during his loyalty mission where, you know, like 
you're hanging from a railing as you're about to be sucked out of, you know, whatever. It was one of the hardest things because, you know, with regular acting, regular scenes, no problem. But, you know, we luckily had such a great uh, Josh Dean was a terrific director we worked with and Caroline Livingstone, they would give you some really good information. How should this sound? And they would come up with uh, other sources of stuff for you to listen to. But I remember that was really hard for me. It's like, okay, so you're getting all, you know, you're, you're just hanging on for dear life and all this pressure as you're trying to be sucked into space and, and trying to avoid that. How do you act with all of that? That was that was one of the challenging scenes for me. It was Leon's mission, yeah, which I yeah. have no context for because I did not experience it first. It didn't even bother because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's just it's. it's well, like I was great in it. You should just take my word for it, though. So since you didn't do it, you know, just I, I was fine. I figured it out. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I mean, the only the only like the only loyalty mission I I did was I think like the. Vetras and uh, the Krogans. I forgot the Krogans' name. Drak. Yeah, Drak. Drak. That mm -hmm. was it. <laughs> like after that, I'm like, yeah, I've pretty much gotten the gist of most of these loyalty missions because they. Uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, you know, I I did all of the quests. I did all of those side quests. I don't know why. I was like, you know, uh, I. I figured it was a great way to learn, you know, just just do every aspect of it and kind of understand the scope of how big the game could be if you wanted to play every element of it. You know, that that was one of the things I when people people say, you know, they've done like five playthroughs. I'm trying to figure out the numbers of hours that must have taken to do five playthroughs. And, you know, that's kind of uh, impressive. Oh. Oh, I've done um, I think eight or nine playthroughs of Mass Effect Two alone. So really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I know that game in and out. Like I've done, I it's it's one. Of, it's the only game I've I've played. Like the only reason I stopped playing it wasn't because I, I hated it. It was because like I just said, okay, I don't want to wear it out because I played it like at least like eight or nine times now, and I just mm -hmm. I don't want to wear it out because that game I played it on. I played it on um, Xbox 360 when it first came out, and then I played it on uh, PS3 when it when it came out. So mm -hmm. played it on both consoles, and um, I can't wait to play it on PS4 when it when it when it drops uh, when it drops next month because it's one of my favorite games of all time because it's just like it is it is the definition of like how to do a great sequel. Like it's just really great. It's really amazing, and it's just yeah, it's just so great. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I look forward to that then. I yeah. mean, it is the game that, like, it is that game that made people fall in love with the franchise. Like, Mass Effect 1 was was a huge hit, was a huge hit, but it wasn't like this game that made a lot of people fall in love with this franchise and this universe. I mean, Mass Effect 2, that's where, that's where everything came together. That's where, like, every, like, that's, Oh my god, I could go on and on about all the all the great stuff about Mass Effect too, but but um, yeah. but I mean that that would be like eight hours long, and I'm pretty sure like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are a lot of video essays on YouTube that will explain why Mass Effect Two is a great game. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. And three yeah. was meh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like three was supposed to be the big finale, and it would it just ended up being like a an okay game like you know ending controversy aside it was an okay game and 
Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know. Got it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just like interested to to go back to to that to that franchise because it's been so long, and I'm kind of like, you know, I just wonder to myself. I love replaying a lot of old games that came out like seven or six years ago, seven or ten years ago, and seeing like, you know, did they age well? Do they still hold up? And when they do, it just goes to show you like how, like how amazing. Um, like how amazing the development was for those games because for something to hold up, you know, nine or 10 years Mm -hmm. later, it's just, it's unheard of. Yeah. 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 I think I will probably really enjoy uh, that legendary edition because I do remember one of the first things when I tried to play the original Mass Effect, I got that one. I was looking at it going, yeah, no, I, I just couldn't get into it. So maybe it wasn't just me just not being a gamer. I It just didn't really suck me in uh, right off the bat. So maybe it's Mass Effect 2 that will kind of make me a better gamer. <laughs> I mean, I, and, it, and it helps that, you know, uh, Mass Effect 2, they kind of re- you know, redid the whole, um, redid the, redid the combat and made it more like a, made it more like a shooter and, and not, mm-hmm. and not an RPG with shooter elements. People need to understand that the first Mass uh, Effect game, first Mass Effect game is an RPG with shooter elements and the second mm-hmm. game and third game are shooter games with RPG elements. So there's a huge difference there. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Good to know. Like the th- second and third one feel feel more like Andromeda. So if you've gotten used to the Andromeda style of playing, uh, mm-hmm. of, of of playthroughs, then you'll 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 get the hang of it. They're easy. Like you know, they're easy to pick up. They shouldn't be too hard. Like there mm-hmm. wasn't <laughs> there wasn't anything like too difficult. Although I do I do I do gotta say like you gotta. You got to get ready for that suicide mission at the end of two, because oh my goodness, that! All right, that, no that's... spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But but again, I think the biggest problem with Mass Effect Two is like you kind of need to play Mass Effect One to really get uh, to really understand to really um, get attached to the recurring cast because the one of the biggest selling points is the recurring cast so mm-hmm. you know if you don't have any any emotional a- attachment to the returning cast members from the first game then it won't then, then it'll be like yeah <laughs> you know you don't really have any emotional attachment to these characters so it's like uh why why should i be hyped for 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 garris's introduction <laughs> like do, yeah and I that's know? what i'm looking forward to is uh yeah, Garrus. Yeah, because uh, that's that's everything I had to when when I first you know stepping up to the mic, they had to show me you know Garrus and and the quality of his voice and everything and and you know it's when you when you haven't played games and you're all of a sudden told you're you're this alien this Turian. At first glance, it's like, what? What have I just gotten myself into? I I don't know how I'm going to make this work. But, you know, then you start to fall in love with the character the more sessions you do, and and then it all makes sense. So now I'm ready. You know, I I, I can't wait to to meet Garrus. Oh, his character arc is really interesting if if you play all three games. His character arc is very, very consistent, honestly. And that is kind of rare for video games to have a consistent character arc but you know man i just i just keep forgetting how great the writing was and and those on those um on those mass effect games because that's (laughs) 
God. Yeah. I just, I'm just sad that it comes out like on May, and I just, I, it's like I kind of wish I would be playing it now because Lord knows, Lord knows, yeah. I need a distraction from all the craziness. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I, I was always really um, Cheryl Chi, who who wrote um, all of Vetra's, you know, stuff. She was, she was amazing. Uh, when, when as an actor, there are sometimes you really have to work to make something, you know, sound like it came from you. You know, there's, there's, there's scenes that you get that sound like, you know, stuff not found in nature. Uh, but I never had that with Cheryl Chee's writing. She, she just really, she wrote a very good character for me. And I was really, really lucky, you know, that, that she was the writer behind it. And was it yeah. difficult, like making, um, you know, going into to that booth for the first time and looking at the dialogue and thinking like, okay, how am I going to make this believable for the player and 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 people watching? <laughs> you know, as I, I I had to come at it just as a you know just plain old acting. You know, it's always about how do I make this come from my heart? You know, whatever my gut instinct is, uh, and the the interesting thing that I had to learn with video games is you don't get any script in advance. You never see, you know, a full page of dialogue. You're fed a line or two at a time. You know, maybe you'll do that scene two or three times, but it's a cold read. It is a stone cold read. And as an actor, you you do have to train to to be able to do cold readings because it is a fact of life that you're going to read a scene for a casting director and they're going to go, you know, we're going to have you read this scene instead. Could you just take this for a few minutes and then come back and read this? So maybe you got five, 10 minutes, you know, to work on on a scene uh, and you, you have to come in and, and just give it everything. So all that cold reading skill really helped uh, for the video games, because, you know, you just, there was no preparation. There was no reading it, understanding where does this come from? Let me get my backstory in here. Nope, no time for that. You know, you, you get your backstory, you're told who you are, where you come from, what matters to you. And then it is just finding that in yourself and being as organic as possible with the reading that you do just spontaneously, you know. It's and and then obviously you can't even like improv anything. It's it's got to be word for word, uh, but just trying to keep that as as just consistently honest as possible. Yeah. It also doesn't help like when it comes to video games. Everything's done in secrecy. Like they're very secretive about what type of project you're actually working on. <laughs> it wasn't. Until oh yeah. Like, it wasn't until like you get into the to the to the booth that they tell you what you're actually working on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, you are just, you know, you were told you booked a video game and that's it. You agree to do it and you show up and that's when you're finally told which video game you're working on. Uh, so, I mean, there is that tough thing. I, I'm sure some people would be like, you know, I want to know exactly which video game, you know, I'm working on before I say yes. But uh, in this particular case, I'm really glad I just said, yep, I'll take it, whatever it is, let's do it, you know, because you do so many auditions and they are frequently under, you know, uh, a code name. 
uh, if if you've like read enough or played enough games or you you've seen enough scenes from playthroughs, sometimes you look and go, oh, I know what this is. I know exactly what this is. Uh, but other times you're just okay. Well, just let's find that character in me and just you know drop it on an MP3 and send it to my agent and see what happens. That happens, you know. That's that's it. It's the throwing the spaghetti against the wall, just dropping MP3s and sending them off to my agent. Yeah. Do they still do that? Do they still do they still use MP3s or is it just way? Oh yeah. Now? No no no. It's all MP3 files uh, that you record. You know whatever system you use. I I have Twisted Wave because I'm a Mac person, um, and I've been using it now. God, I think it's like 2010 or something. But I, I think a lot of the the technical aspects, what's changed the most is the form of connection, uh, like Source Connect is now the big deal where it used to be ISDN. I think that's, yeah, that used to be the big system. If you professionally worked from home, you know, you had an ISDN. Uh, now it's it's the different kinds of Source Connect, whether it's Pro or uh, just the uh, source connect uh, anything but now I've heard now is the one you you really shouldn't use uh, but yeah that's the technical aspect that most of us had to learn last year during the pandemic how can I set myself up to record from home you know I mean yeah we I've talked about this many times I mean this has been a recurring theme of this podcast because it's mm-hmm. It's it it is like you know everyone's recording from home and I'm just wondering like you know did you have a home studio set up or did you just you know set one up when you know the pandemic hit? No, I I had one. You know everybody starts out at like the smallest level. When I first started auditions, I had like this little insulated box that my microphone sat in and I talked into the little box. And that box grew into my closet where I had a full setup in the closet. And then we did a little renovation in the house and we converted a closet that's now, it's a good size closet. You know, what is it by six foot by maybe four foot, but it's now completely insulated. Um, It's, it's soundproof to the point that at least when I'm recording an audition, you know, it's as dead a room as I can possibly do. It's never going to be as good as what you get in a studio because they've got, you know, equipment that, sure, I could drop all my money on, but I don't like to do that. I've got a pretty basic setup with a Sennheiser shotgun microphone, and it's just to, to, to give a good quality audition. I want them to just hear who I am. If this is the voice they want, great. If it's not, you know, they're going to move on to somebody else. And still to this day, um, when I have booked some stuff, I'll still be asked if I'm willing to come into a SAG approved studio, you know, which is great because I'd rather not have to be the engineer. I just want to step up to the mic and just be an actor. And I don't really want to be that technical engineer who then has to do all the work before and after and set it up. I just want to go in and do what I do, which is just, you know, acting. And uh, I I know a lot of people who can do the whole shebang and hats off to them. I I just, that's not really, it's not really my thing, you know? 
No, I mean, you're not alone. I've talked to a lot of people who say, like, they want to go back to, to, to in-studio because, you know, it's it's not the same. You know, recording from home is a lot harder, especially, like, if you're if you're doing anime dubbing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, oh. It is it is hard. It is, like, really mm-hmm. hard. And, and, you know, you have to be in sync with the, with yes. the footage. You cannot, right. you know, go, go off sync and... And if there's any lag between your system and their system, you may think you're in sync and you're not, you know? So, yeah, no, there's, there's way too many aspects. And, and then it's also the, I want a lot of the people that I worked with, you know, couples, families who ran studios, I'd like to be the actor who says, you know, let's do this in a studio because then somebody else is getting work out of this too. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see more people. You know, I live here in Los Angeles where a lot of people lost their way of life because of the pandemic. And if if I can go back to a studio, if, if my agent says, you know, how about if we do it in a studio? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Because somebody else is going to get a job, too, out of it, you know? Yeah, because, you know, the engineers, I've said this before, are the real heroes of this thing because they have to... To, to to make sure everyone's audio sounds good and not everyone's gonna yeah. have the, not everyone's gonna have the same equipment at home so it's like oh my goodness I have to make this sound good oh. right <laughs> a lot of the auditions during the pandemic they would ask you to specify uh, what was all the equipment that you had what was your interface what kind of microphone you know all of this sort of stuff and and you know it's just not. It's going to be so hard if if you're not using a large diaphragm and that's what they want. You know, I I, I like the shotgun because it fits it in my room really easily. And that's what I got used to uh, working with in the video games. But, you know, depending on what they want, if you don't have it, you know, it's like, am I wasting my time actually recording this audition and sending it in if this is not the equipment that, that they want to have across the board? And I've heard some people are sending out the equipment that, you know, if they want it to be consistent, they'll send you the mic and the interface. But then, of course, you got to know how to set it up unless they're going to send somebody to do that for you. But, yeah. I mean, I have heard stories of people even sending, your studio sending out mocap equipment for them to do like the mocap at home. And I'm just like, that's kind of bizarre, but okay. You know, if you found a yeah. way to make it, if you found a way to make it work, then more power to you. You know, I just mm-hmm. think it's, I just think that's a bit much. But again, I understand you're on a schedule and you kind of need this done. <laughs> and yeah, and people yeah. now need content more than ever because everyone's kind of either stuck mm-hmm. at home or just waiting on, you know, just like waiting on their their second dose of the vaccine. So. You know, right. Like they kind How of, about you? Have you had a vaccine yet? Oh, I, I've had the first dose back in like February and I'm just waiting on the second dose now. So yeah. <laughs> I am officially fully vaccine vaccinated today because uh, I had the Johnson and Johnson two weeks ago and uh, and then they put it on pause. And uh, obviously, I, you know, only six people out of seven million had the blood clots, but you know, for I, the most part, I, I was just thrilled to get it done, get it over with, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 ironically enough, I did talk to someone at a virtual con who got the mm-hmm. um, Johnson & Johnson shot, and I'm like, hey, lucky you. 
<laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they had a terrific system, my turn, where you just went on a website, you put in your stuff, and they immediately, you know, shot you a text as soon as you could go on and get an appointment. And we did it on, you know, the first day that was available to us, uh, April 3rd. So, yeah, it's it's nice to know that, that that's one thing done. Yeah. Oh, you're luckier. Not like me. Not, not like us, where we have to go register on the official ministry website, and then wait, uh, and then wait for ever for that text to come in, and and they're like, wow. okay, here's your, you know, here's the text, here's all the information, just show up. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And and I when guess. we and when we showed up, we um, wasn't crowded, which was kind of depressing. When when I remember when I took the shot, it was it wasn't that crowded, and I'm just like, oh, I know why huh. it's not that crowded. <laughs> huh? Yeah, we had big. They they did it at a college, and they actually had the um, the the national guard there was uh, administering the vaccinations and running the whole thing. And they all looked like they were pretty chill and everything. But as soon as something went wrong, somebody went down a wrong, you know, lane or whatever, or somebody had a reaction to the vaccination, you have never seen people like come to life. Uh, they jumped up, they'd run right over to the vehicle where the person was maybe having a reaction to it. Uh, but uh, they did it really well. And they got a a lot of people done that those that first weekend here in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I don't know that that it was it was impressive to me how how well they ran that. I don't know if everything has been run perfectly here in California. In fact, a lot hasn't. But they did that good. They did that really well. I mean, yeah. like I, honestly, like you know, jokes aside, I think like the fact that I'm seeing a lot more people, you know, getting vaccinated shows me that okay, we're slowly getting this done i mean slowly but surely we're we're, we're at that point you know the light at the end of the tunnel you know we're almost there yeah. but you know we just gotta you know just hope that we don't do anything stupid and uh end up ruining everything for everyone <laughs> yeah one of the things i i like the best i think um the the hollywood the film and tv industry has really done an amazing job of uh like covid compliance officers who just are so good at their jobs. Um, and, you know, you go in and you're tested, you know, every day that you're going to be there without a mask on, they, they give you a rapid test to make sure that you're definitely negative. Uh, they, they've done a lot of really good things here in Los Angeles in terms of the the business to try to keep it going. You know, you do get people who you know, don't want to wear a mask and they go to a party on the weekend and they come back on Monday and all of a sudden they're positive and it can shut down a production. But um, it's for the most part, I've been really impressed with what they're doing in the TV and film industry. I mean, I, I, I remember reading um, uh, something about like a, a show that was filmed in the UK and that the fact that they built an entire set that was that was just that was basically like covid like covid yeah. compliant was just amazing cuz i'm like holy crap <laughs> you know you you guys put the work in to make sure like those actors were safe when they came in to record um when they came in to shoot their 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 scenes cuz it's like wow <laughs> you know yeah yeah they really they do a great job of of that some productions have like made 
their own bubbles where they've rented an entire hotel and and uh, everybody who's working on it, cast, crew, everybody lives in that hotel. And, you know, that's part of your bubble the entire time. If it's a three-week film shoot or a four-week film shoot, that's where you're going to be for those four weeks. And uh, I, I have a friend who says goodbye to his wife, you know, because he's a DP and he says goodbye and, you know, he's gone for a month and he's just, you know, he's just up the road in Silmar or something, but he's, you know, going to say goodbye because he's not going to be able to see her. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's frightening because you're like you, you got to get tested and you know then you gotta you're gotta get <laughs> you gotta stay under quarantine and then you mm-hmm. know once you're done yeah. you gotta you know self quarantine again. <laughs> it's just kind of oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know a lot of enough people really wanted to work to make that work. Um, you know the the number of people who are like I don't want to do all this stuff. Fine, leave. There's definitely eight people who can do your job who want to you know, quarantine or willing to be safe, you know, in order to, to keep working. You know, that's, that's the one thing about this business. There's certainly enough people who are willing to make that sacrifice to, to take the position of somebody who's like, this is too much for me. I don't want to do it. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't like last year where everything just shut down and they didn't know when, when on camera stuff was going to come back, you know, Mm -hmm. like now they're, they're willing to put in the work to make sure everyone's safe and sound during during filming which was something yeah. that uh, you know they weren't willing to do you know a year ago <laughs> yeah 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 crazy well, crazy times but i'm glad i got to talk to you yeah <laughs> yeah and uh this has been this has been really good and so yeah i got a lot to look forward to in the legendary edition and and i just got to tough it out through the first mass effect and get to mass effect 2 right yeah, that's what yeah. i've learned today <laughs> good uh, before we go any uh tell the people at home listening where they can find you online <laughs> uh i my twitter handle is at danielle rain uh on instagram i'm uh, at danielle rain official and uh, my website is com. So any of those places, you can uh, connect with me there. All right. Thanks for taking the time out to do this. Terrific. Nice talking to you. All right. Bye. Bye.